welcome to Getting Unstuck. My hope is this podcast helps you get unstuck so you can begin living the life you've always dreamed of. Hey everyone, welcome to Getting Unstuck. My co-host today is Connie Viveros, and Connie is a professionally trained as a master integrative life coach through the Ford Institute for Transformation and is certified in numerous integrative coaching modules. Connie has created the life of her dreams using the same programs that she teaches others, which is unlocking doors to create a life that feels authentically abundant, successful, and balanced. She is also the co-founder of Angels Emerging, which offers various courses and workshops, many of which I have taken. Connie's involved in a lot of healing techniques, but mostly she is just filled with so much love and magic that I fell in love with her the minute I met her. In today's topic, Connie and I will be talking about our favorite person, which is Mary Magdalene. And Connie has taught me how to channel Mary Magdalene in a way that I never thought was possible. So if you're interested in channeling, you should definitely look up Angels Emerging. And Connie has really helped me tapped into, tap into Mary's energy and her love and her spirit. And I have now a beautiful communion with her on a daily basis that has shifted and changed my life dramatically. So our topic today is one that's close to my heart. Connie has channeled Mary as well, and um, we are both really excited about this conversation about Mary. So we hope to teach you about what Mary is and what she is not. And Connie, maybe that's where we should start, because I think the Bible has a very different interpretation of this beautiful woman. Well, hello, Sharon, and thank you for that illustrious introduction. I so honor who you're becoming in working with the deities and the master, ascended masters that are of the feminine origin. I really value that we're bringing forth more and more of these enlightened female feminine divinity to the earth plane, and it's so needed right now, and Mary Magdalene is one of them. And yes, indeed, she is quite uh, misunderstood, particularly through the lens or the eyes and the origins of Christianity. The story of divine feminine, the gospel of Mary was buried, you know, until 367 AD. And it wasn't unearthed and found until I think it was the late 1800s. And even then it wasn't published for nearly 70 years after that. So this woman who had a voice, she um, was demonized and vilified by the original, uh, I think it was Pope Gregory, who vilified her because it was not in the vein of enhancing the church's doctrine at the time to give women power. And so instead, they recognized this woman who was so close to Jesus, Yeshua, as we kind of more, more know him as, his, his beloved name, Yeshua, which is the Aramaic name. And it is now known, and she has since been reprieved, and we've atoned for the vilification of the Magdalene name, person we believe that walked the earth back 2,000, 2,500 years ago, and she's actually been, um, receives a place of honor now. They named her the Apostle of the Apostles, the, the one who was closest to the Christ energy. 
she walked hand in hand with him. Um, we all know just walking this earth is hard to be in the human body. We all need allies, support. And could you imagine a man during those times who wouldn't have had the love, the tenderness, the nurturing of a woman to walk beside him? And so what I've come to know and understand, and the church has as well, in discovering the gospel of Mary and then publishing it and reading it is she did have a voice. She did understand. She understood the teachings of Jesus in a way that on, only a woman could bring them forth in that way. Full body goosebumps when you say, <laughs> yeah, only a way a woman could bring them forth. Yeah. Right. And so to write something that at the time she was so cloaked in after the resurrection or after the crucifixion, mind you, you know, she was the one that discovered the body. And, you know, you have to just think about what it took for her to see her beloved right. in that way, in that state. And yet they knew the story, you know, they knew in preparation spiritually what was to come, but she knew what he needed and she was the closest to him. And so with that, she fled after the crucifixion and uh, supposed resurrection. And she wrote, you know, she spent the years of her life afterwards. And I just imagine her writing her tale, her gospel. Yes. And, and how that would have been received. And so she, what I know of her is she fled to France. There are uh, caves and an area, a region in the south of France, little northeast of Marseille, um, where it is believed that she resided in the 30, 40 years and the duration of her life after the crucifixion and resurrection. And you go to that place, Sharon, now physically, there are pilgrimages to this place in France. You feel her. It is quite literally, fundamentally magic. Right. Now, you spent time in the cave where she resided. We believe it was the cave. No one really knows. You know, we can't really know for sure and for certain. But what I will say is it's the region. Right. What has been uh, thought to be a very patriarchal religion, uh, Catholicism and Christianity in general, in this particular region, the woman is deeply, devotedly honored. There are churches and shrines from the 12th, 13th, 14th centuries devoted to St. Anne, the grandmother of Jesus, Mother Mary, and in turn, the Magdalene. What and how could we not understand her to be of significant importance right. in that lineage, in her teachings. Right. When I experienced walking through the forest and up to ultimately the cave, which is now a 14th century, um, I believe it was the Dominicans that discovered it and they've converted it into a church where they actually host and hold Catholic service there now. So it's been a bit uh, watered down, but they still honor her. Mm -hmm. 
And in that cave, there is recognition, there is an understanding that she did indeed spend a great deal of time here. In my arriving there and sitting in meditation and doing my own channeling of Mary, she told me certain things. And, you know, when we're on the channeling journey, we get to the point where we rely on that, much like you have. In fact, I see her now in your space. She's arrived. <laughs> I can feel her, yes. Like, whoosh, here she is. And she's just, like, so excited that we're talking about her now and, and that she's rising up and being placed in a situation and a pedestal where we can really honor and receive from her again. But what she told me was, Sharon, I was a human. You know, I came into my human form not knowing my path, much like you. And I had to work to understand my soul's purpose and my mission. And so with that, she described to me a way in which she said, I had to work toward my enlightenment. I practiced, I devoted, I did exercises daily. Exercises, daily exercises. Yes, she called them calisthenics. <laughs> she, she said they were spiritual calisthenics. And I remember at the time thinking, well, that word is very dated. Yeah. You know, we, really, we really don't use that word anymore. But I'll never forget knowing her voice in my own channeling and knowing her energy imprint her color mm -hmm. her energy imprint the visions that i held being where i believe and knew she sat and she stood and she walked it was no doubt right there's no doubt that she was there yeah and when i feel her i i feel like i am surrounded by this just pure energy of unconditional love yeah her heart is so expanded. And to think of what she went through and the strength it took her and Mother Mary and, and Yeshua to walk that path, knowing what they were going to walk into and to carry it out with such love and grace blows my mind when I think about that story. And, and that's absolutely true. And yet think about the longevity of the story. Yes. I mean, when, point, you, when you think about how could a story, because there were thousands, tens of thousands of stories of loss and devastation and uh, sacred religious pilgrimage. There were many, many prophets during that time. Why does this story stand the test of time? Why is this the story we retell over and over and over again? And so I do believe that Mary was given a specific mission to seed the earth plane with her seed and her mission, her purpose to help us grow in understanding the word of Christ through the eyes, the heart, the seed of the woman. And mind you, when I found her cave, so they call it the cave of eggs. They call it the cave of her eggs where you do sort of shimmy and hike down into this very isolated cave. Finding it, 
I was led to it, guided by another woman who had spent time there and had her own transformation. And there's something there. You can feel the ancestral womb. When you go in there and you sit in there and you sit in the energy, you, you can feel her with you, feel her gestating in you. And then you emerge kind of reborn as her. One day, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you will. You are on the path for sure. Yeah, yeah. And so the experience that I had with her was first deep, deep grief, tremendous grief. As I entered into the cave and I sat with her energy, she waltzed me through, you know, how can I face the world without my beloved? Oh. That experience of you know, being hunted, being vilified, being um, disregarded. And the own, her own apostles, her own tribe, her own spiritual family, you know, they ostracized her. Oh, I didn't, I don't think I knew that. Oh, she had a difficulty. And, and if you read the other gospels, um, and it's particularly the ones that are now uh, the, um, um, not the gospels that have been written and they've been compiled as part of the Bible, but these are the uh, Bibles that have been found subsequent to that. And they're not a part of the St. James or the written Bible as we know it. I was riveted by that, by the, the teachings that she had and just that they had been buried for so long. And I, I always go back to like, what would the world have been like if she was allowed to be as prevalent as Yeshua? Uh, right, and yet, and yet, the powers to be, the political, the the geopolitical, religious forces at the time would not have allowed that. That's why. So think of it in this way: reframe that as think of what it took to preserve and keep secret and hold honorably to in preservation her word. Oh my God! Some someone someone knew that there was out to destroy her legacy. And so they took great pains and strides to preserve. Good point. And, right. and right now, seven pages of her gospel are missing. Yes, I had heard that, yeah. Which is no coincidence that we work through the seven energy centers. So there's some coincidence there that people are surmising and theorizing. No one will ever know, though. But I believe Mary was a tantric master and a priestess. And she helped Yeshua to work with the energy centers, the chakras, to cleanse and purify himself in preparation for the journey he was to go upon. Right. And that was my experience that has been validated by writing subsequent to my trip, but what she pointed me to, to have that deeper understanding about to really understand that we all can be a Magdalene. Yes, yeah. And it, it's, for me, it has really been a journey through my heart. Yes. That she has taught me to be in touch with my heart. And I, a few days ago, maybe last week, I was very twisted up about something that was happening in my life. And I felt like someone I loved dearly was pulling away from me. And mostly, Connie, quite frankly, I was creating a story in my head that wasn't accurate, but I felt yeah. like someone was pulling away from me. 
And I sat in meditation with her and I said to her, Mary, I don't know what to do about this because I feel like his love for me is pulling away. And she said, that's because you believe love is of the flesh. See, feel that. Exactly, feel that. That, that. that is true. That is her. That is her work, her lesson. Right. That is what you're here to teach and learn. Yes. Yeah. And as, when she as said, the Magdalene. Yes. And when she said that, I was like, oh, she's <sighs> absolutely right about that. That love is not about these bodies that are basically ego-based. That love is so much more than just a body in front of me. Right. And she, uh, this place in France, which is the Nom de Pins, it's near uh, Saint-Maximin-de-Bombe in the south of France. There are shrines dedicated to her, and there's a hostel. There is a... um, um, monastery so to speak that's and there's very little there it hasn't been built up it's not over commercialized and what's known about her are the frescoes on the walls they show this red-headed woman arriving at the shores of of marseille and but she is told to be one of the if not the first humanitarian to teach us how to feed the hungry and house the homeless and to reach out and she created a monastery where it is the legend as the stories are told and it's in french so it's translated but she took homeless people in she fed them when she had no real means food herself and so the community would gather around her and she is thought to be if not the first but one of the first humanitarians to walk and teach us how to help our brother and rescue them and lend a hand, a hand up when it's needed. And so I find those ways of the heart that you just just spoke to, absolutely her teaching is through the heart. It's, it's not to see us as we do with our human eyes, but to see with the eyes of our soul, the eyes of our heart. And to know our oneness with with one another absolutely and share the message you you received right before we came on because it it was it's profound what she shared with you right she had what she when i was meditating this afternoon she had said she wanted us to focus on the beauty of oneness and the connectedness of everything she Mm. also asked us to speak about the purity of our hearts because it is an inheritance to all of us to have that pure open loving heart and that the, um, the purity of the heart and the ability to love is what kept her thriving and growing while she was in human form. Right. Because, and even in The Course in Miracles, it teaches what you give, you also receive. And I know she knew that. So the more she gave, you're really giving to yourself when you're giving to others as well, right? So right. the more she gave, I mean, she carried, I believe she, that was the ministry she and Yeshua was, were trying to create was to see your brother as yourself. And when one heals, we all heal. Absolutely. And, and, and adding on to that, piggybacking onto that is my understanding and my work with her specifically is that she allows me to understand the alchemy that, of abundance mm. and that there is an eternal flow 
And when I give, I'm actually replenished yes. with more. Yes. That there, there is a concept of the ego, which is very fear-based, as you spoke to the Course, but it's specifically like, I, I don't give because I'm fear of my own lack. And she just asks me over and over again, much like you just spoke to the purification of the heart is to understand that there's an everlasting flow connection from divine source wisdom that if we give, it will always be replenished. Absolutely. In the spirit and love of whether you choose Yeshua or uh, archangels or Jesus or Mary or Mother Mary, it doesn't really matter. But to align yourself with a master that that can then help you to give and give and give and give of that of that nature so I learned that from Mary in spades and um, yeah she is in my opinion the divine equal to Yeshua I believe she is the embodiment of the feminine Christ that she worked toward and she achieved and that's why she's so revered right. in so and many circles. She just showed me this image of, of like how beautiful their relationship was and how he would seek her counsel as well. Like truly equal, they were equal partners. Right. It wasn't I am a man and I know more or however we perceive right. Like she was just so, showing me the equal and she had their hearts or their hearts like matching together in just a beautiful display. And there's a famous uh, quote uh, written in one of the Gospels, and I'm sorry, I, I don't know exactly. I'm not the best with details always on this because I read so much and I get things confused. But um, one of the apostles came to Jesus in, in questioning, like, why, why is it that you love her most and more than us? And the response from Jesus is, ask not why I love her more. Ask what you can do so I can love you as I love her. Mm. Wow. It was just this profound, like, don't see it as a um, less in you. See it as how can you become more yes. of you. Right. Because she was her full self. I believe she was. I did. Like, she arrived as her full self. Yeah. And there was great jealousy and consternation and why there was favoritism toward her. And I think about that and we it's about trust mm -hmm. she understood the messages because she had done so much of her own work in the and this is again it's something i believe when i i also have been to egypt i've traveled to some of the temples of oh. egypt where i was able i was in alexandria and i was in cairo and we traveled some of the countryside where it's believed she spent a good deal of her growing up and her formative years in the temples of isis being taught in the wisdom and they called them the mystery schools back then right yeah. and she was initiated in these so when she did when she came together with yeshua at the time that she did you know she instantly knew oh this was the man she was to work with to almost infuse him with those teachings so he could survive his story right so he could live the story he needed to live without falling apart course yeah yeah hard road they traveled very hard road i mean i think we 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 take it for granted we hear these stories and we just think it unimaginable but i i do think it's 
unimaginable to be a man in a body and not have some sense of the physical uh, experience with that. Mm-hmm. I wanted to ask you, Connie, do you, did, did you, do you know that, that they had a daughter? Well, I've read that, and certainly the Da Vinci Code was the one that first was the one um, uh, that described that as a theory, and it was scandalous at the time. There is a uh, a group called the uh, uh, Templar Knights, the Knights oh, yeah. of Templar, right. that was a secret, like you know, association community within the Catholic Church at that time. And this was the whole Da Vinci Code uh, theory that they had this, um, um, there was the, the crucible, the cruci- what, what was held, the lineage of Jesus. And it was originally thought it was the chalice, you know, that he gave the Last Supper with. But it came, it came to be understood more, oh, it was his spawn, it was his seed. And there's debate, there's all kinds of debate of how true and accurate that is, Sharon. And so we can only sit here and speculate because every shred of evidence is untraceable and it's you know been destroyed if there were any to begin with. However, in these frescoes uh, in the south of France, when they arrived to Marseille in fishing boats on these very stormy waves, they believed it to be the Magdalene, the Mother Mary, and a child. You know, a, a child of dark skin named Sarah, 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 they call it in the Aramaic, Sarah. Whether it was Mary's child or not, it is, no one will ever really know. But there are statues and there are um, um, references to Magdalene with a child. statues built in honor of that and some believe that oh that's mother mary with the child jesus so you have to go there yourself and feel into what you know which is why channeling is such an essential path or journey if you really want the truth right i'd like to also circle back on something you said earlier when when mary mentioned to you that she did she was doing calisthenics were these like a spiritual <laughs> calisthenics or a physical yes yes they were and what she described to me was a regimen and uh, a disciplined daily practice and she showed me Sharon seven times a day this was her devotion. This was her life. And you also have to know that she still was in communion and relate direct relationship with the non-physical Yeshua. Right. That's right. So even though he was not here with her physically, as we all know, our, our beings and our loved ones are still around. It's not the same experience. But because she had this deep devotion to her own spiritual progress and her own spiritual evolution, it's my understanding and what she you know, shared with me personally was, this is the way, Connie. This is the way, this is the power, this is the path. You know, it's not for the faint of heart. It's not for those not willing to give up almost everything. Right. right. You know, which sounds difficult and challenging for most humans because we have this ego thing going on, but that's what it took for her. And she 
lived in relative isolation and solitude for most of her life after that, according to what we do know about her. And she talked about staring into the flame, doing meditation, tantric breath work. Really? Yes, very much so. You know, she, she taught about sitting on her haunches and just staring into a flame, you know, where you start to uh, shift and change and shape shift. There's a there's a book by, by Flo Avenida Avenida. It's called I Remember Union, and it's a bit esoteric, but it was written in the '70s, and it's all a channel text. So again, you have to take that with the grain of salt. Is you know how valid is the channel? But all the information we really do have around her is channeled information now, other than her gospel. When you were in the cave meditating and when you were finished and you came out tell me how did it did you feel changed from the inside out I mean I, I would imagine you have to feel changed going through that experience and how and in what way did you feel changed what a great question and thank you for asking that so we spent uh, six days there in the south of France and four of those days in the cave and we would enter the cave about 10 in the morning. We would go back and forth because it's not sleepable. Um, or we did not choose to camp and sleep up on a mountaintop. You know, it's literally the side of a cliff. And uh, we would hike back down and have our meal and eat. And then in the morning we would get up and we would be out and about again. I would go into the cave, Sharon, and there were other people with me. And I wanted my own experience. So I covered myself with like a shawl so that I could be in my own experience and process with it. And I went into what I want to say, like a, a rebirth process. I was breathing. I was feeling Mary. I was asking for union with her. Show me, show me, show me. And I literally went into kind of that rebirthing paralysis. I don't know if you've ever done the connected breath enough where your body goes into kind of a, a, a metamorphosis. A spontaneous metamorphosis that occurred that happened for me i ended up in the fetal position wow. i was never worried and there were other people there to watch over me so to answer your question the experience was incredibly visceral mm -hmm. it was incredibly um multi-layered and it was beyond rational ego ability to describe it mm -hmm. in a way that couldn't punch holes in it. I completely understand. <laughs> that sometimes there are no human words for what you've experienced. Right. And that's and why when, I feel meditating with her. Yes. Right. And when I, yet yeah, when I emerged, Sharon, I knew, mm -hmm. I just knew. Yeah. I knew something had happened in me where we had exchanged whatever we had exchanged some energy some fluid some form some breath and it was like oh my god i feel you living inside me now i am you you are me 100 percent. i know how that feels yeah yeah, yeah. lovely yeah indescribable and not easy but amazing <laughs>
Yeah, I, find, I feel so connected to her that literally she and I will have a conversation when I'm driving to the grocery store. Right. Yeah. And mostly it's like, yeah. please make me a better human. Yeah. Yeah. Just how can I be better today? And, what and that's what she's described to me is that we're all the seeds, the lineage. She's a consciousness. She's not the woman anymore that we think about that walked with Jesus. She's a consciousness that is in our DNA and not, you know, some people have the cosmos and the galactic DNA strands. I think we have that too, but I'm very tied to this, the, the Christ story. Same. Me too. And, you know, I go, I, I've even been to Israel and driving, I would get these, like these shivers and these hits in places in Israel where like, I knew that place. Oh, I wow. knew that. You know, I, I saw a vision, us walking, caravanning through the deserts and singing and chanting. And anytime I hear the song, the Lord's Prayer in Aramaic, oh, my God, it's like that I'm right there again in a heartbeat. So so pay attention and be with your path and, and you'll know it if if it's meant to be for you. And I know, honey, I would love to go with you if you're going to France. Yes. Let's do it. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's set the balls in motion, okay. and that would be extraordinary. It would be such an honor to have you there with me since you yeah. are so pivotal in helping me integrate with her. Mm -hmm. And you My know gosh. what I love too, Connie, is I love when I'm in session with a client and I can feel her energy come in, Yeshua comes in too. Mm. And it's almost like they are always in communion with one another. And I get, usually they're saying the same thing, but I can feel the, the his energy and her, like her energy is this warm motherly hug. And right. his energy is very like loving, but more of a, you know, a male energy. It's different energies, same message, love, 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 love. Right. Yeah. And that is the ultimate. That is the ultimate union that we all subscribe to that balance, that yin-yang, that is divine reckoning and balance. Oh, 100%. I love 100%. That. I love that, yeah. And I think that's what she was talking to earlier to me about knowing that the love in your heart is your inheritance. Like we're all born with it. Mm -hmm. I love a, that. Yeah, it's such a beautiful gift that it's right. you don't have to be or do anything. Just knowing you are worthy of such love in your mind, body, and spirit you don't have to do anything for it right and she shared that same message with me in in a using different languaging perhaps but it was like you don't have to do anything the mere the mere beingness of you is enough right yes oh, God, oh. I about this for hours and hours with you so i well, do, i let me just say this if anybody who's listening is interested in working one-on-one -on -one with Connie. Connie also channels Divine Mother. So if you want some good coaching and and to meet with Divine Mother, Connie, I'll put your website on and on my show notes. Everybody should check out your website, Angels with an S, angelsemerging.com for all the events and the workshops that you do. And I just want to say, I, I have never met, you know, your partner, Wendy Gale, the two of you, the way you run classes, there's not a minute that's not utilized to the utmost. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're paying for a course, you want to make sure you're getting right. And you two are professional and on time and courteous and 
so loving to all of your students and you give you. you gave us all such a beautiful safe space to learn to channel and and I, I think I told you that that I've made friends in your channeling class that will be lifelong friends. In fact, two of them I spoke to today were like <laughs> sisters. So I really appreciate all the work you're doing in this world. Talk about being a light in this world, Connie. You are mm. that beautiful. Oh my gosh, Sharon! Thank you. My heart is exploding, and that's <laughs> this is exactly what Mary speaks about: is let your heart explode with love and. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for who you're becoming, who you are, and God bless you in every way. I know Mary and you have a divine, divine plan in place. (laughs) (laughs) That's exciting. Yes, I'm looking forward to my work with her. So thank you again. Indeed. Namaste.